A podcast with artists created and produced by Detlef Schlick, a visual artist and ritual designer, living and loving in West Cork, and best known for his essay about the cause and effect of shamanism, art and digital culture. Working in the field of performance, photography, painting, sound, installations, and film he will dive and discover with us and a weekly creative guest into the unknown and exciting deep ocean of the creative mind. This is Detlef Schlich, and today we dive into the deep and exciting unknown ocean of the creative mind of Cliff Roman, who is the Legion of California punk rock or who used to be the the legion of californian punk rock and actually still is the legion of californian punk rock so hi cliff hi hi dad and <laughs> and it is i mean we we went now through through so many different different things i mean i, I was really i really liked it you um to to educate us about uh the californian punk rock scene uh, in mm -hmm. the last couple of episodes, which is quite interesting because a lot of people here in Europe they 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 are they wonder so well what's their Californian punk rock you know well so, and, and, uh, we, we you know we we talked about like our our first few shows yeah which culminated in in the show at the Orpheum Theater with the weirdos and the zeros and the germs yeah and how <clears throat> that was a ended up being a quite an historic moment in the L.A. punk yeah. rock scene because <clears throat> what we didn't talk about was what happened afterwards. And um, just just quickly, yeah. 1977 and the summer of yeah. 1977 was like yeah. the, the that was the year where the weirdos, we, we kind of ruled Sunset Strip. We, we played, we ended up playing the Whiskey A Go-Go. So we're going from playing a soundstage at Gower Studios to a little 90-seat theater, the Orpheum Theater, the next mm. thing that happens to us, we're asked to play the Whiskey A Go-Go for New Wave Punk Rock Night that presented yeah. by Kim Fowley and Rodney Bingenheimer, who were at our show at the Orpheum Theater, right? Yeah. Yeah. But um, the bands, they again, the bands that are on this bill, and I, I can't remember if the germs were or not, but they're not really considered punk rock bands for the most part. So, yeah. but what happened is we're, we play at the whiskey. I think it was like on a Tuesday or Wednesday night. Cause it was like, a, it was going to be like a four night thing. And we go, we go over really well. We do our set. We're on the stage of the whiskey. We go over yeah. really well. The place is packed. Our, our parents are there. Our friends are there. Family, yeah. friends. Yeah. And, and word it got around. And Rodney Bingenheimer now is talking about this on the radio show. And so this is probably in May. So the next month in May. And um, um, what happens is they call us up after we play the whiskey and they go, come back Friday night for an encore performance. Yeah. We're like, wow, okay. So now we're playing a second show at the whiskey. 
right? Okay. Yeah. And um, and um, this photographer takes a photo of us backstage. Yeah. Yeah. And it's published in Time magazine. Okay. Cool. Cool. Which has worldwide distribution. Yeah. Yeah. An great. article on punk rock. The first article yeah. on punk rock in Time magazine. Wow. It was so actually guys... on the cover. The theme on the cover was youth crime. Youth crime. <laughs> but our photo was in Time magazine. So now we're yeah. like people. I, I'm getting phone calls from, you know, people wanting us to play. They want to interview us. They want to photograph Just us. Just in California or what? And, oh, and you know oh, what oh. happens next? So the whiskey no. is like, well, what are we going to do with these bands? You know what they yeah. decide to do? We're going to we're going to have punk rock bands on Sunday afternoon, like matinee shows. Yeah. So that's <laughs> where the scene starts coalescing around these matinee shows at the whiskey. Yeah. yeah. Soon afterwards, and we do a few shows around town. We play another yeah. club called the Starwood. That was another rock club that we a, a few months ago. We would never have dreamed that we would mm. be on, let alone on stage with the Whiskey in Time Magazine or on stage at the Starwood. We would sure. never yeah. dream that would have happened it, to us. Yeah. Well, it happens so very quick. Yeah. Things start things start happening quickly. Yeah. Um, um, people were trying to thought 70. maybe we can get them. Um, people thought they could get assigned to a label, but that never happened. So. This is 1977, summer of 77, yeah. and then yeah. they book us to play with the Runaways. That was huge. The Weirdos yeah. supporting the Runaways. Yeah. And um, at the Whiskey. Yeah. So when we play the Whiskey, a show like that, you have to play two shows a night. Mm -hmm. So we did Quite two nights yeah. with the Runaways. So now yeah. we've got, like, by by that point, I think that was in um, August of 77, we've got a lot of shows under our belt. Also, uh. what happens is we're, we're contacted by this new magazine called Slash Magazine. Slash. Uh. Mm -hmm. And it's a, punk, it's a magazine dedicated to punk rock, a local mm. L.A. magazine. Mm. And we're on the cover. The Damned are on the cover of the first issue. And there's an article on the Screamers inside the first issue and an interview. And then they come and they photograph us and interview us. And they put our singer, John Denny, on the mm -hmm. cover of the second mm -hmm. issue. Oh. And um, so now we're... And then there's some fanzines popping up. And um, and and then the next thing that happens, this, this space opens that summer... It, it, down Hollywood Boulevard, underneath a porno theater called the Pussycat Theater, down mm. in the basement uh. called the Mask, mm -hmm. and that's where all the whole punk scene kind of coalesced around that space, the Mask, and they start having shows down there. And um, eventually, by the end of the year, we would actually perform in the Mask, mm. and um, so the whole thing just got momentum. By September, hmm. debt. By September yeah. of that year, yeah. yeah, we're on the bill to play the Hollywood Palladium. Now that's where the Rolling Stones play, the Hollywood yeah. Palladium. Yeah, we're on a bill with with Blondie, the yeah. Weirdos, yeah. and this band that came into town from Ohio called Devo. They're opening below us. Uh, sure, Devo, I know. Right. Yeah. So, 
and then and and records start coming out. The, the germs yeah. release a record on what records? Yeah. A really brilliant record. I mean, yeah. it's it was a landmark record. I mean, you and you then, you guys did as well great stuff, yeah, didn't but, you? But yeah. but a, a few records came out before our record, first record, and then a band called the Dills. Now the Dills, they were they played on the first show we ever did at, at yeah. the Gower Studios, but yeah. they weren't. The, the, all of a sudden, they're like a three piece guitar, bass, drummer, and they're like this wild band, and they have songs like "I Hate the Rich" mm. and um, "Mr. Big," and they put out a record that's brilliant. That mm. caught us all off guard. So um, everything is now being done by um, independent record labels, and people are putting rough out forty fives, not albums, just forty fives, singles. Yeah, by rough trades. And of course, by well, this right? time also, yeah. we're getting, we're starting to buy records from like the Ramones put out a second album, and then mm. there's uh, the band The Saints. Uh, Chris Bailey just passed away. I think it was yesterday from The Saints. Okay, the Saints from Australia had a terrific sound, um, uh, not not too unlike the Ramones, and then the Damned, their first album, and uh, and then we start buying singles by the Clash, the Buzzcocks, and mm. the Sex Pistols. Mm. So we're there's more like stuff to inspire you and influence you. Yeah, absolutely true. We're seeing fanzines, photos, every stuff is starting to get out there. Yeah. Worldwide, worldwide. Yeah. Uh, 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 uh. So, 1977 was like our peak year. You know, we we the original band made did, it. How many years did you play together? We we were together from 77 to 81, but the band changed. Um, we changed drummers, bass players, things like that. Why? Over, why? Over that. Why? Well, various things happen. It's, you know, I can go. I can, you know, no, tell but, you why. but yeah, but yeah. you know, things happen. It's like any other band, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah, but but I think I think if if you once get get somehow a, a certain certain extent of of, of 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 famous, you know, so the fact that that you could make an income from 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 your music was quite close, wasn't it? I mean, well, yeah, we were, we turned down a few offers here and there because we didn't think they were. The kind of offers that would be good for us in the long run, you know, people wanted to just own you. They wanted to own your image. They yeah. wanted to own your publishing. Yeah, they wanted sure. to tell you. They wanted to control you and tell sure. you what to do. So, 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 we so you like, wanted you uh, felt independent was, as well somehow. Yeah, our scene was mm. called a do DIY, a do it yourself. Yeah, yeah, no, no, D, no that do it yourself DIY, do it yourself. Kind of it was actually the time where, where, where I mean, we were the same. We were completely against the establishment, you know, so, and, mm -hmm. and, and we didn't like it to become part of a, of a major company. This is So we put, we, we put out our first record that September. In fact, we recorded it the day Elvis dies, right? Yeah. We're yeah. in the studio and we learn on the news that day yeah. Elvis Presley yeah. was found dead. Yeah. So on our first record, I had him... When they mastered it, I said, "Can you write something on the on the record?" You know, and the guy goes, "Sure." What do you want me to write? And I said, yeah. "The king is dead." So the, our first record, and they're quite valuable now, is yeah. that's the king is dead on the you know the inside of the right on the wax there of the yeah. 45. Yeah. And we also we did our own work 
our artwork. We we designed. We started doing these really cool colors. Sure. Uh, Z- these Xerox. You know, I showed you a couple. So, so uh, how many artists were Xer- in your bands? You were the only one. Five. Five, five artists. So, so same like, like. Oh, like, oh artists? No, uh, there was yeah. like four of us. Uh, Nikki wasn't really an artist. Mm. The drummer. But the rest mm. of us all did flyers, mm. designed flyers. Mm. We designed our mm. clothes. Mm. We designed our backdrops. We designed, you know, our our, it's our interesting, record isn't it? sleeve. I mean, and see, here's, see. here's here's our this is our first record right here. See? All right, yes, yes, guys. You guys, you can see that next Sunday on on YouTube. So I will show you that our talk on YouTube, and you can see this. This this record there, it's actually and like Talking Heads, isn't it? I mean, they they had as well four, four artists in the band, four visual artists. Well, you know, um, I, we knew about the Talking Heads. We they they came and played L.A. I bought the yeah. record, you know. And here's here's the um, here's we got the new trombone. We, we got the new trombone. Yeah, and here's the back of it. The flip side was a song called Solitary bit, Confinement, so, another yeah. really popular and covered song. Yeah. And um, on the inside, now this was on a this was on a, a local label, very famous label now called Danger House Records. And yeah. Danger House was, you know, a do-it-yourself operation. Um, you know. Yeah, cool. Danger House. Oh, and the vinyl. I, yes. Here's the part I designed. I designed this part ah, right here. Great. When the record spins. You know. Cool. And then, oh, here's what I wanted to show you. And then on the yeah. inside is the Weirdos. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now there's yeah. me. Look, there's All me. All right. Yeah. Dave Trout. Yeah. John Denny. Yeah. Nikki Beat, the drummer. Okay. Yeah. Dix Denny. All right, and you can see. Look, look at that photo. Our heads are in the uh, in this barrier. That was okay. my idea. I said, "Oh, let's let's take a photo with our heads through this barrier." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. Great, great. Looks, looks great. So you guys, now, went that, together. you know, if you want to know something, someone yeah. told me yesterday they saw what? a copy of this for sale at yeah. a record meet on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. And and the, the guy who's selling it, a friend of mine, Michael Vallejo, wants two hundred dollars for an original copy of this. Uh huh. So how how many originals do you still have? Oh, I might still have a couple. <laughs> <laughs> They're not for sale. No, I uh, know. <laughs> it's not. It's not. Anyways, bad, isn't it? yeah. So yeah. Uh, you know the band lasted for a few years, and we were and, and a lot of people. When you talk to people who are in the scene nowadays, mm-hmm. in fact, uh, there's a guy named uh, Doug Fitzsimons who's or Fitzsimmons who's interviewing all the original punk rockers that are still around mm-hmm. for a project he's doing. Yeah. And he told me the other day. He said just. He said, like, I'm telling you, like, nine out of ten people tell me that their favorite band was the Weirdos. The best band was the Weirdos. Yeah. That's good, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's somehow, it's it's cool. It's it's, it's a good feeling being being, being somehow you know, part of something creative. You, you, you've heard of Van Halen, right? Yeah. Right? So Jump. when we start, do, 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 do. right, yeah. when we start playing the whiskey, Van yeah. Halen, like, they used to, they were always hanging out at the whiskey. Yeah. Van Halen, all four the band members would be the guitarist, the singer. They they were like on the side of the stage watching us every time yeah. we did a show. There's yeah. Van Halen. 
they so they, they, they kind of copped, copped a few. They, they copped a few uh, uh, fashion ideas from us because John Probably, Denny, yeah. Don Denny would wear these pants with where he put black tape in different angles on it. Yeah, yeah. And of course, yeah. Eddie Van Halen is very famous for his guitar with the black tape on. I know tape him, yeah. on it. Yeah. And even uh, David Lee Roth kind of yeah. borrowed that idea for pants too. True, sure. but you know, I mean, that 1977. I, think I did I, it as well. <laughs> we, we, yeah, we we played the whiskey a lot, and it was a great yeah. room. And um, you know, we we always we always we were uh, probably the only local LA punk band besides maybe the Screamers, and then and then came a band called the Dickies. But that could really draw. I know a crowd. the Dickies actually. Yeah, I, I know them. Yeah. So the, the uh, um, anyway, so we we never put out an album. We never got out of L.A. We didn't play CBGBs. We didn't get to England or Japan. You know, we just yeah. sort of we played locally. We played. Local. Uh, we played California a few places. We played in Arizona. Yeah. We played in Oregon and Washington, the state of Washington. So we were mainly on the West Coast and. Um, so you no. you never were so enthusiastic than 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 to b become so famous that that you toured over overseas or whatever you there was nobody nobody was really interested in that so because you it, had to it, make deals major deals probably right yeah. so the like the only band so there's the band starts called the Dickies and they really mm. kind of borrow you know a lot. A lot of the mm -hmm. local L.A. Band, punk bands borrow a lot from, like, our look. But, of course, everyone's inspired by the English bands, the New York bands. You know, there there was a lot to um, – a lot of different bands to get. And they were, and everyone was a little different, so there was a lot of variety. Yeah. But the L.A. scene was incredible. There was a band called The Plugs, my favorite. There was uh, The Dills, The Germs, The Bags. Uh, the 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 screamers. Um, in fact, I think the first wave of LA punk bands was the Weirdos, the Screamers, the Zeros, the Germs, the Dills, and the Dills. I think those five yeah, bands were yeah. probably like the first wave, and then a bunch of bands followed, including so the Dickies start playing, and they get signed, they get a deal with A and M yeah. Records, yeah, and start putting out. Pretty slick records, and um, later on, a band called. Then the Screamers start doing shows, yeah. and Devo, and Devo's yeah. in town, and they're doing shows. They start out by opening for the Weirdos. A lot, everyone opened for the Weirdos. In <laughs> yeah. fact, recently I did an interview with um, with Pat Smear of the Foo Fighters and Belinda Carlisle of the Go Go's the for Go -Go's, yeah. Yeah. Foo Fighters Radio. It's on Sirius XM. It's still on there if you're interested. And yeah. it's just a short interview. So I'm reminding them they're both in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, not in yeah. uh, Artitude Hall of Fame. But yeah. They're in the, but, um, <laughs> and so I said to them, hey, I said, I said, hey, I just want to remind you guys, both of you, your bands used to open for the Weirdos, you know. And they both told me that the yeah. Weirdos were their favorite band. They said You're, the weirdos you were our, is my favorite band. Belinda goes the weirdos my was my favorite. I can't band. imagine that. So, I mean, I was listening to your songs a little yeah. bit so as a research, and it was great, you know. Yeah, and great we tunes. Were, we were known actually for our songwriting, and I, I was the songwriter. I wrote the songs, yeah. the music. Yeah, I wrote. 
the hooks, the intro, the verses. The, I mean, your the new choruses. songs they're great. They're great as well. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I, I'm come, still, we, I still we, write we, songs. We, we come. We come to to that in a minute. Yeah. What I would like to know as well is 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 so so after that you 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 stopped. Did you stop completely making music? I mean, I mean. Yeah. So I reached a point. Um, I was married. I had a baby. We had a baby girl, and I reached a point where you know. The, the being in a band took up a lot of time and energy and sure. i wasn't making any i wasn't making money right you know we do a gig yeah. and if we were paid 500 bucks you know i i that might be good a good payday but sometimes we'd get paid 250 dollars sometimes if we were lucky we'd have to play a couple nights at the whiskey they'd pay us a thousand bucks Yeah. So, um, so we were and one of the higher paid was... bands, yeah. And but we'd have to divide it up, you know. Yeah, people, it's, it's not there much. There were we had friends of ours that would roadie for us. We'd have to pay them. We'd have to pay a sound guy. We'd have to pay, yeah, for lot, rehearsal space. I know, I know. I mean, I know. we weren't, you know. And then there's five guys in the band. So by the time yeah. it got to us, you know, it's we. I'd make twenty bucks. Yeah. So uh, by nineteen, and then we, um, John Denny quits the band in 1981. Every, yeah. we, we would get some, it was it was hard debt, but we would get some momentum going, right? Sure, and sure. And then something would happen and someone would leave the band. So the yeah. first thing that happened was we we decided, well, Dave Trout was released from the band and we got a different bass player for various reasons. And um, so that was kind of a shock. Did, and did then... It changed the whole... The whole... Right, thing. but we, we, I mean, we got a really good bass player named yeah. uh, Bruce Moreland, um, and then so that's 1978, right? Then by the end of 1978, we don't have Nicky Beat anymore. He decides to leave, and Bruce that Moreland changed leaves. as well a lot. Yes. So now it's just Once down he, to the he three moved of us. to the Chili Peppers already. Then no, 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 no. Uh, this is before Chili Peppers. That, um, but Bruce moves to a band called a famous band called Wall of Voodoo. Wall of Voodoo. Okay, I know them. Yeah, and Nikki yeah. decides he doesn't want to he Nikki plays with all the bands. Like every time we'd see Nikki or people would say, "Oh, I saw Nikki play with the Germs," or "I saw Nikki play with, you know, uh, you know, he was always playing with different bands." Yeah. Um and um like 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 you do if you're a musician. So Right. And yeah. But he decides to leave the band, so that's at the end of '78. So then we record a record, and we were kind of ahead of our time. We went in and we we finance, self financed and recorded a six song mini album called "Who, What, When, Where, Why." It comes mm. out in 1979. No one's mm. interested in it. It, mm. it, a Line Records in Germany. Have you ever heard of Line Records? Line. Yeah, yeah they release it in Germany. Mm -hmm. We're getting, you know, good reviews, good write-ups, but the record was mm -hmm. ahead of its time because we 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 go in the studio and actually it was recorded right here where I live in Thousand Oaks in the home mm -hmm. of Earl Mankey, mm -hmm. who who's produced his list of bands he's produced goes from, you know, Sparks on up to very famous bands. Mm -hmm. So we get Earl Mankey to record us in his home on a 16 track and we're mm. using synthesizer i play sax we use keyboards yeah, yeah. oh what you've learned we play a, you could put we, play a, we we play a uh um a, a, a um a rockabilly song called jungle rock very sort of pretty much um uh, sounds know, very you're into rockabilly, you yeah and then we we write some new songs 
we record a song called Fort USA that I wrote. Um, we and and so that record comes out, and it was every people would hear that, and they were like, "This doesn't sound like the Weirdos." So it didn't mm. really do well. But when you listen to it now, mm. I mean, they're really ex- it's a really well recorded work of art, and we we employ a drummer who mm. I meet named Danny Benair, mm. who's uh, also goes went on. He was in a band called The Quick, and he's he's like a. You know, he's like a wrecking crew style drummer. He could be a, he's like a studio musician style drummer. Mm. And we, we use a friend of his on bass named um, uh, Billy. Mm. Um, and um, so we get that album out. And then we need, now we need a drummer and a bass player. So we find a drummer. Someone suggested a guy named Art Fox, who was a studio drummer. And mm. we find a guy in another band called the Flyboys called uh, Willie Williams. So mm-hmm. we get them in the band, and that's 1979. So for by the end of 79, we're back to the three of us again. Art Fox is out, Willie is out, and that's when we get, and they last into 1980, and mm-hmm. then we get a drummer named Cliff Martinez. So now mm-hmm. we have two Cliffs in the band, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I, I'm on bass, and I'm not on guitar anymore. So you see, the band kind of evolved and changed. The dynamic changed, yeah. and, 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 and eventually probably that... that uh, I mean, but not the, many bands but, can, can. But the thing was, I could always get a show. You know, people would call me up. Uh, we'd like to book the Weirdos. You know, mm, and mm, so and we but, were usually a headliner. Sometimes we would support bands who were local. We didn't like it, but we were asked to support the Dickies because a Weirdos Dickies bill would draw a lot of people. Or mm. we would, but we we never thought of ourselves as openers for the Dickies. And then, or we would, would we would play. Um, we did a show with the Screamers, but we always mm. thought ourselves as either equals or you know, yeah. not not uh, we not, would, not we would never think of supporting the Screamers, mm. but we mm. did. Or we were asked to support the band X because all you know X comes a- along and they get mm. real popular really fast. They get a lot of good press, and so mm. we were sort of like. The weirdos kind of our thing was kind of over by the end of 1977, even though we we're still around until 1981. Mm, and mm. every time we had a change in the band personnel, we'd have to build momentum again. Sure, but we put Which out is, some records. You know, we put out yeah, but put it's out very two, difficult. The, yeah, on. it's very difficult. It we put out the two singles, and we put out the who, what, when, where, why on Bomp Records, and then we put out on Rhino Records a four-song, twelve-inch, which is a great record too, called Action Design. But it doesn't have the same sort of, it doesn't have that same sort of new sound or that big sound like no. our records. We got the neutron bomb, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, anyway, so eventually, uh, uh, the singer John Denny decides he he calls me up one day and he's leaving the band. So the band's mm-hmm. over with, and this is 1981. Yeah, yeah, and and you stopped completely, or or did you? Well, try no, I would actually. I played guitar with several bands, and then yeah. in the early '80s, I started a synth band. I was very interested in playing synthesizer yeah. and creating electronic music. Yeah. So our synth band was called Martini Ranch, and we would play clubs in L.A. And mm. we would, I would get, we got booked on shows with Bauhaus, a cool Bauhaus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got booked on a show with the Cramps. Yeah. With missing persons. Yeah. And so, because everyone knew me from the weirdos. So if I called them up, 
And I said, I have a new band. And now Martini Ranch was incredible. We I programmed I played synthesizer, right? Yeah. I'm not playing yeah. guitar. Yeah. I programmed the bass line. I programmed yeah. the drum machine. Okay. Put it all connect connected everything. Yeah. I'd hit the button and yeah. we would the sound would be hooked up right into the PA and it would just sound incredible. Yeah, and, okay. Uh, I can imagine that. And we yes. caught we caught uh, uh, Mark Mothersbaugh got interested in us from Devo, and yeah. he produced a demo for us for Geffen Records, yeah. and it just didn't mm. go anywhere. So mm. I left that band, yeah. and you know that's a shame. Do you still have some 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 music from that? Mm -hmm. You might send it to me. Um, it's I mean, if you I, send, I don't have anything I can send because everything's either on everything's. If I have anything, it's on cassette. Oh. But uh, 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 okay. But the um, so the um, yeah. the guitarist in the band, Andrew Todd, he went on. He kept the band going, and yeah. actually got an album out on Sire Records that had got some airplay. So, yeah. anyways, um, I was so I was in that band for a few years, and that's the early '80s. And then I worked from the mid '80s to the end of the 80s I worked in the music business I worked for the manager of a heavy of a hair band called Rat Rat was like Motley Crue or Poison you know they're like one of those bands yeah and so I was so at that point I'm in the business and I'm like doing I'm on the phone all the time you know they're on tour so I was sort of the office you know they would send me the big merchandising checks and yeah. uh, I was in charge of like a lot of stuff When they did videos, I was in charge of hiring crews and making sure people got fed and paid. And you know, I was like the, in the background there. I didn't, I didn't really go on the road with them, but I was always at the office on the phone between mm. you know uh, the record company, between their producer, between their manager and other people, you know, publicists, photographers. So and you and you and were I did that already for about five. Five years, and you, yeah. And you were already together with, with, with your girlfriend at this time, no? Yeah, my, so my, my, um, my girlfriend, uh, Grace, um, I, we met when we were 15 years old on an archaeological dig when we were in high school um, in Arizona. So I meet this beautiful, gorgeous um, Mexican-American girl with just beautiful dark skin, beautiful hair, very, very just... Stunning, beautiful person, and you know, you know what we're gonna do. We're gonna tell that in the next episode. Oh, okay. Well, we'll, we'll so, uh, so yes. Uh, but I was, I was with her when I was. I, I, what I was just gonna say is, I was with Gracie like yeah. almost my whole life. And yeah. um, when I left Cal Arts, we moved in together, and then five years later, we got married. And then when we we had a baby. Um, our daughter was born in 1985, um, and that's when I was working for Marshall. But then what happened was I'm yeah. out of a job. Yeah. Um, by the end of the 80s, I'm out of a job, and um, my mom was a, a teacher. She taught math at a middle school in in the Valley, in the San Fernando yeah. Valley in Los Angeles. Yeah. And she says, Cliff, she says, you have a bachelor degree. The, the district is hiring people. And that's in that's that we tell in the in the next episode. All right, because we are already now on thirty minutes, and and I would say this is worth to keep for the next episode. All Otherwise right, we have to cut the next episode too much. So, dear listeners, if you want to listen next Sunday, ten o'clock, 
early confession to to the the life of an of an ex punk rocker. Uh, um, we're gonna do that next week. I would say if you want to 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 contact Cliff, go to to um, Instagram at Cliff Roman or to Facebook Cliff Roman. If you want to contact me, go to Instagram at that Schlich or at Attitude or at Isle of Westcock Artists or join the Isle of Westcock Artists group at Facebook where you can meet us all together or go to because Cliff is in the in the hall of Attitude and if you fancy a mug of of, of uh, um coffee or, or whatever with us go to www.artitude.com a, a, cu a cup of tea yes so, so <laughs> an Englishman in New York uh, go to, to www.artitude.com and there you can find all the other artwork and if you buy a, a mug you can support my podcast because it's a list, uh, listener supported podcast so and you get all the information there as well Thank you very much to enlighten us. You're welcome. So, so how, how how it was? Uh, I mean, there's so so much depth in in it, you know. So in 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 the stories, history, and and the the culture actually as well of 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 how how bands going up, how they gonna going down. So I'm I'm quite sure that that the listeners appreciate that, you know, to, to this understanding. So so how difficult it is to 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 uh, be an artist in this world because uh, 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 of, of surviving and, and, and how you're gonna going. So dear listeners, so you saw now how difficult it is, you know, to make an income and that it's mostly it's, it's about enthusiasm, you know, so and, and to 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 create art and and, and music and, and, and for the sake of culture and for the sake of love, you know. On that note, Cliff, I would say I'll see you next Sunday and have a lovely day. Bye. I love you all. Ciao. You have listened to Artitude, West Cork's first art, fashion and design podcast. Artitude, never so close again. That was too close. All right.